Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This next mystery guest is probably hoping for the Lakers and Celtics to meet in the NBA Finals. But we're sure he has no problem seeing the Celtics go home. His number 42 is retired by the Lakers, and he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2003, and he was named one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history. Okay, mystery guest, reveal yourself. Reveal myself. <laughs> we are. We already guessed you. James. Yeah, we already guessed you. Big game, James Worthy. We got it. We nailed this one. Uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. And coming on as our mystery guest. Uh, of course, there's so many memories that we all have dating back to the great rivalry between the Celtics and the Lakers. I don't know, James. Maybe it's on the on the cusp. Maybe we're going to see it again. Is that possible? That's my wish. I mean, the Celtics and the Lakers in the finals is historic. I mean, you look at the 80s and then you look at 2008 and 2010, the Garnett and the Kobe years with Ray Allen and those guys, I think people look forward to it. And uh, there's nobody else that I'd rather beat than the Celtics in the finals. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, James. Uh, speaking from a <laughs> California are. boy <laughs> growing up in L.A. We, we, we hate wow. him. We hate him here, James. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> I'm, I'm on an island out here. Yeah. So, I, you know, listen, I'm, I want to take you back because, I mean, I finally got a chance to talk to a Laker man. Take me back. And my thing is, okay, so with, with all those interactions with the Celtics over the years, uh, you know, there's a lot of fights there was a lot of uh, contentious battles. Can you give me one that 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 you liked the most? Some battle that you had with the Celtics that that I guess you're proud of that you're happy about? Well, I think uh, you know it's funny. I was I did Cedric Maxwell's podcast uh, about a month and a half ago, and we went down memory lane. Uh, it's 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 twofold for me. Uh, one is bad, and uh, was a big time learning experience for me. My first time in the in the finals uh, against the Celtics in 1984. Uh, we came in uh, and we accomplished what we wanted to do. We won one game on uh, the Boston Garden floor. We, we kind of got game one, and we thought that was good, and we had a chance to win game two uh, with about 13 seconds left to go. Uh, a lot of confusion as to whether to call a timeout or whether to try to get the ball inbounds quickly. And uh, Magic Johnson threw it into me, and I made this errant pass, uh, cross-court pass, trying to get it over to Byron Scott and Gerald Henderson. Uh, stole it, 
laid it up. We went into overtime, and we lost game two. We had that game. That was a big learning experience for me. And then we lost in seven games. Come back the next year in the finals, we lose game one, and they call it the Boston Massacre. This is in 1985. They beat us by 36 points. Kareem had a subpar game. But in game two uh, was a very special moment because we knew in game two after we won that we were going to win that championship. The Lakers had never beaten the Celtics before, and we knew we were playing for more than ourselves. We were playing for Will Chamberlain, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, all those teams that were defeated by the Celtics. So I would have to say, you know, losing in 84 was a, you know, it was a sour taste, but I learned a lot from that. And then coming back in 1985, and, and I think the Lakers are the only team, I think the only team to beat the, the, the Celtics on that, on that nasty parquet floor there. In, uh, <laughs> that, would, that would be correct, James. <laughs> so, uh, James, I was, wondering if, I was wondering if you could just settle this long debate we've always had out here in Boston. So, um, in your opinion, who was better, Magic or Bird? <laughs> well, I'm going to have to go with Magic. Uh, <laughs> his, record, his record versus Bird, uh, you know, he won in college versus Bird when he was in Indiana State, and I think we won two out of three. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with, uh, with magic by a short margin. Larry was amazing. Uh, the guy wasn't fast, couldn't jump, uh, that high, but you know, he played hard. He played the game the way it's supposed to be played and boy, could he shoot. So, um, you know, so I, but I'd have to give the edge to the point guard for how he enhanced everybody around him. So did Larry, but I'm going with Magic. <laughs> I saw there were some great um, series in the month of June between the Celtics and the Lakers. And so you go out to the fabulous forum out there, and it'd be beautiful air conditioning. And conditions would be great no matter how hot it was outside. You come back to the Boston Garden, and it's hot as hell. I remember the game you guys had the oxygen tanks out there, and Kareem is uh, uh, putting it over his uh, nose. Did you guys realize, because Pat Riley was always pissed about this, he wrote in his book that he thought that Red just jacked up the thermostat with the heat. Did you guys ever realize that the Boston Garden, the old Boston Garden, never had heat in that building? They don't even have heaters, I don't think, in there. Did you guys no, ever realize that? Sure. Well, no, we didn't realize that, but we sure <laughs> felt like they didn't have heat in there. <laughs> uh, you know, they had no heat uh, in, in, in the winter and no air in the summer. Now, I think the Boston Garden had air conditioning in their locker room. Uh, but, yeah, that was a nasty place to play, man. I, I think after 1984, we were so tired and almost dehydrated because it was the first time we played in June and didn't know what to expect. And But the next year, uh, we started drinking Gatorade in April and prepping <laughs> to play in June in Boston. It's crazy. Uh, that visitor's locker room was tiny, and it was, you're right, it was a dump. Yeah, so we're, well, talking, to, we're talking to James Worthy, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play. If, play if, if players could see the locker rooms now, oh. they'd, they'd look at it like an outhouse. They wouldn't have nothing they probably to do would, They probably would, would revolt and just, just you know, force yeah. them to change it. So, okay, so talking about today's game, have you had an opportunity? I know you you do a lot for the Lakers right now, pre- and post-game shows um, out there in L.A., have you had an t- opportunity to, to watch some of the Celtics this year? A little bit. 
A little bit. Of course, you know, Pat Riley is there in Miami. I have a little connection there. Uh, but, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I love the way Boston played all year long. And I had kind of thought that in the, in the playoffs that Boston could, you know, um, could, could, could beat Miami in six or seven games. But, you know, with Butler's leadership and the young 20 year old kid rising, um, you know, they seem to have peaked at the right time and there's no advantage in the bubble. That's the, that's another issue. You know, it's like AAU. Um, and I think, you know, for some teams that might be a slight disadvantage or an advantage to the underdog. I mean, I would have loved for AD to have been in Staples Center when he hit that big shot against Denver. That would have been crazy for him. But I just think, you know, Boston, you know, they got behind the eight ball and Miami got a lot of momentum going. So, you know, they got their work cut out for them now. So, James, do you think that your best player on your team needs to be the de facto leader of the team? No. Uh, so a role a player can be a leader of the team. Mark Smart. Um, I, I, I think it depends on the voice in the locker room. Um, I know that LeBron is, you know, a big-time leader, but I think Rondo is just as big. His voice is just as big as, as, uh, as you know, as, as LeBron. You know, uh, Bob McAdoo and Michael Cooper had a big voice, even though we knew Magic was our captain. So, I, you know, I, I think the – the, the the best player on the team has to lead by example. His effort, his play, uh, definitely has to lead number one there. But a lot of guys don't engage verbally. They don't have that, you know, that that talent to tell people what to do and how to do it and talk in the locker room and things of that nature. But your best player for sure better be exemplifying what it takes to win on the floor. We're talking to Hall of Famer James Worthy. And, James, you look at the Celtics right now. We're watching this series. We're seeing a lot of talent. Uh, maybe it's young talent, you know, in, in Tatum and Brown. But when you see a team with five, six minutes to go, just turn the ball over, you know, maybe get out of their offense. What what do you think of, of that team? Is it just – is it inexperience? Is it – I think Kendrick Perkins called it my turn basketball. Like, like what, what are you seeing from this team late that makes them just lose it? There's a certain element to the playoffs, you know, especially in a seven-game series uh, when you're down and you it's a must-win. It's a subconscious pressure that a lot of people aren't able to get over. It takes a little experience. I don't know whether it's their youth, but, you know, things be, get a little tight. Either you're trying to protect the lead, which you should never try to do by – you know, slowing things down. You have to continue to play your game, continue to be aggressive. And I think sometimes teams get into a point where they try to protect their league while the other uh, team is gaining momentum. Or if they're behind, it's the pressure. Uh, you know, I saw the Clippers. You know, you know, it's the pressure of having to, you know, hit shots, big shots. It's, you know, it's, it's elimination time. So it's not like regular season where, you know, you might be in New York on a Tuesday, Philadelphia on a Wednesday, you know, D.C. on a Friday. You get to skip around. When you get into the playoffs, you got one team for seven games, and there are a lot of adjustments being made from game to game. So if you're not able to make those adjustments on the fly, but most importantly, it becomes a matter of will, mind over matter, effort, 
determination. And sometimes if you're hesitant, it shows up in your game. Turnovers, air balls, missed shots, missed assignments, things of that nature. I think you're totally right about the uh, the difference in the bubble and the way series normally unfold. The first two are at home. you got to take care of home court advantage. Then you try to win one on the road. And, of course, game five becomes pivotal. All that stuff goes out the window because you're playing on a uh, totally neutral site. I think the Lakers are probably the team that's going to win the whole thing. But if you look at the East right now, Boston may be more talented. But would you be concerned with a Miami team coming and playing the Lakers? And the way the Denver Nuggets are playing right now, I'm concerned about everybody. Yeah, and we're not out. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not putting us out of this series yet. What I saw Denver do to Oklahoma and the Clippers, they're they're a unique team. There's something about them that they're going to come back. You know, some teams you can put away, but something about Denver is that they, you know, Jokic is a you know he's he's you know a throwback. You know, centers have moved out to the three point line. They're out there, you know, playing like small forwards. And Jokic goes down in there like, reminds me of Sabonis. Mm. You know, he has footwork. He has footwork like Kevin McHale, up and under. Super smart. Passes like Larry Bird. You know, he's, he reads the defense like nobody I've ever seen. He knows where the defense is going to be based on their pick and roll and how they come out of it. So he just hesitates. Makes the defense make a you know a decision, and he finds the open shot. He's an amazing player, uh, so you know you can't count them out. Murray, of course, is, seems to be unstoppable, but we can't allow guys like Grant to have career nights and things of that nature. But I do think the Lakers are better. I think if they attack and don't turn the ball over, uh, it was a poor rebounding performance by our bigs. You know, uh, AD only had two or three rebounds. You can't do that. You got to be aggressive every night. Uh, this is the playoffs. No nights off. James Worthy, it was great talking to you. We really appreciate it. The Hall of Famer here on the Harbor One Hotline. And again, good luck in your series out there. It's a pleasure. I hope we see you guys. You all right, it. thanks. There's James Worthy. There he is. Right you all right, Chris? Want to take a shower okay. or what? You, you know, you know. You remember when Mark Favaro came on? Yeah, yeah. Remember that? That uh, yeah. I just oh, needed yeah. a oh moment. God, that was. Yeah. A I feel fest. like I have. But how good is he? Yeah. He was. I think, he's I, I've good. never. Table I've never heard his. I never heard his analysis, but excellent. he's pretty damn good. Yeah. He's got this. Like, I feel like he should be singing some sort of Do like Barry White, right? He's got that soulful voice, right? You're becoming wiggy right now. I mean, just that's okay. Hi, James. That's my hello. Hello, awesome, James. I didn't do that. I didn't do it at all. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.